All right. Welcome back for another episode of Somewhere in the Middle, uh, where we talk about medical type things and try to make sense of them so that it's not crazy jargon, but actual meaningful, good information. Uh, today, uh, what I wanted to talk about is uh, what I call functional fitness. Um, that's maybe an industry word or maybe a buzzword. Hopefully it'll make some sense. Um, and then kind of why I think that it's a good thing to do these kinds of functional fitness things. Um, and so I guess a good place to start off would be what is functional fitness or what is functional exercise? What is functional movement? Um, and things like CrossFit fill this kind of a bill. Um, gymnastics, if you, um, you know, if your kid does gymnastics or if you've done gymnastics, uh, yoga, things like that, where, uh, you're basically, you're, you're moving your body. Uh, the point of the exercise is to move your body, uh, and maybe move something with your body, but predominantly you're moving your body in a, um, functional way in a way that the body was designed to move. Um, most of the time, these kinds of uh, programs are not overly repetitious. Um, and when I say that, I mean, you do the same thing over and over. Um, but if you take running, for example, uh, there's one or two movements that you do with running. And if you go any amount of distance, then you repeat that movement thousands of times, maybe tens of thousands of times, depending on on the distance that you're running. Um, if you go to a gym and you're um, on a machine or you know, lifting weights, the repetition is lower. On the other hand, over years and years of doing the same kinds of movements, uh, you, you kind of accomplish that same thing. You've done thousands of repetitions of the same exact movement. And for functional fitness, we're trying to change up those movements um, or at least make those movements very functional, very um, very body design. And what I mean by that um, is that they're normal. So for example, if I get up and down from a chair, that's pretty normal. If I go up a, uh, a steep incline on a hill, if I'm hiking, that's, that's a normal movement. If I push myself up off of the floor, that's normal. Um, maybe I'm a kid and I'm climbing up a tree um, and I'm pulling myself up with my arms. Those, those movements are normal. It's normal to be able to move your body and control your body in, in those specific kinds of ways. And so I've written down a few what I, what I think are normal movements, um, such as the squat, right? So you, you, you squat down to, you know, way back when, you squat down to take care of business. Uh, now squatting is, is a great exercise. Uh, maybe I'll do a whole show on how awesome I think podcasts are, or <laughs> a podcast. I'll do a whole show on how awesome I think uh, squats are. Uh, but squatting, kneeling, Lunging, things like that are a very normal movement. Similarly, pushing and pulling with your arms uh, or holding onto a thing and pushing and pulling those things with your legs, um, like a sled push or, you know, like if you're pushing your car, if it runs out of gas. Mine has done that several times, unfortunately. Um, lifting things and carrying those things and uh, however, whatever position that you can find to lift and carry those things. Um, they're all very normal movements. Running is normal. Jumping is normal. You ought to be able to run and jump. Um, I've spoken, I think the first podcast I did was speaking specifically on how important I think it is to be able to move your body again through these, basically these same normal patterns. Uh, and, 
as we age, or at least uh, the experience that I've had working on folks in a physical therapy setting is that uh, the older that they are, the harder they, the harder time they have doing these movements. And then um, if you if you ask an older person or just somebody who hasn't done it in a long time to jump, they look at you like you've got three eyes. Um, and I think that that's a shame because jumping truly proves that you are in control of your body and you can move uh, in a healthy way uh, or, or in a functional way uh, with good balance, good coordination, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mentioned yoga. Uh, yoga is less, as far as my experience with yoga, yoga is less about these kinds of maybe power movements and uh, is a little more focused on, uh, let's say, mobility movements. Uh, but again, uh, from my point of view and, and in you know, previous talks that I have had, that normal mobility uh, is very important, and, and yoga is a great way to improve that mobility. Uh, and again, for the sake of completeness, I'll give some examples of that. So just being able to lean forward and touch your toes, right, with your legs straight, or even with a little bit of bend in your legs. Uh, you ought to be able to lean forward and touch your toes. Similarly, if you're sitting, you ought to be able to cross your legs and put your shoe on, right? If your hip is so tight that you can't do that, that that's kind of a, a, an issue. You ought to be able to touch your shoulders from any angle with the other arm, right, or with the same arm. If you can't touch your own shoulders behind your back or over your head or across your body, um, you got something going on. Your shoulders are tight, your back is tight, your neck is tight, something's going on. Uh, twisting and bending uh, are important as well. Those are normal movements. Um, and then uh, kind of the combination between the two uh, the sitting squat. Uh, and again, the best example I have for this is both of my kids and my wife and basically all of her sisters can sit in a squat. Uh, so they don't ever need a chair. They can just be in a place and if they want to sit and rest, then they squat down and they can rest in that squatting position. Uh, and again, I think that those are all important and normal and regular movements. And if you're lacking in those or if you're not training to gain those, um, if you've been hurt or if you've had an injury or a surgery and, and you no longer uh, can move in those normal motions, uh, that, that is a pretty big issue that sets itself up or that situation will set you up for failure, either you know, short-term or long-term. Um, and then, then you've got to come and see a PT or go to see a massage therapist or a chiropractor or somebody and you're working on those things. Uh, and so instead of having that normal mobility, now you have a struggle and that struggle impacts other things, right? If you can't touch your shoulders, well, maybe you twist your body or your hips weird so that you can, you know, turn or do whatever you're trying to do, but that causes some amount of instability or some bad pattern. And so now you're at risk for hurting your hip in this example, uh, because your shoulder is stiff. Maybe your shoulder, you don't use your shoulder, so you're not at risk for hurting your shoulder, but because that shoulder movement isn't normal and because you're not doing um, or you can't do normal movement, now you've put something at risk. And so I guess just to kind of put that all together, exercise or fitness or, you know, those kinds of things in a functional way is, is trying to take that normal mobility and those normal movements and then turn it into an exercise. Um, and so I, that fits on the spectrum of, of how I approach fixing a person, right? If Let's say, for example, somebody's had a surgery, they had work on their shoulder or they were in an accident and they had work on their hip or their knee or their back or something. 
the goal is to start where they're at and see what bits of normal mobility they have, what bits of normal functional movement patterns that they have, uh, and work on the ones that they don't have and then take advantage of the ones that they do have and get them back to moving and doing and exercising as, you know, as quickly as we can reasonably and safely. Um, and so I, I, am always working in the background with my clients on trying to get them to a place where they can do some functional fitness, where they can, you know, lift something if they want to do CrossFit, where they can, you know, go back to their yoga class or their Pilates class if they want to. Um, and then if they're, uh, a gym person where they'd prefer to be on a machine or prefer to, you know, go to, um, class or something that maybe doesn't follow the same functional movement or functional fitness kind of thought process, then, you know, I'm kind of secretly steering them towards understanding why they need to have these functional patterns, these functional movements, and why it's important to, to mix that in with your exercise, the way that you exercise. Um, and I'm always encouraging them to try to be functional. Um, and, and so I think that it's good. I think that CrossFit is a good thing. Uh, I will defend CrossFit um, to anybody who who says that you know it's unhealthy or you're more apt to injure yourself. I think a person is apt to injure themselves doing whatever exercise, and a person who's not apt to injure themselves will not injure themselves doing whatever exercise. Um, I would I would throw it out there that uh, some of the movement screening that I do, some of the some of the mobility testing that I do. Uh, would show that as well. A person who hurts themselves at CrossFit is probably just as likely to have hurt themselves doing almost any other exercise, not because of the exercise specifically, but because of the body, right? And maybe they have a lack or maybe they're too weak or maybe they're not mobile enough or, you know, any number of things. I don't think it's CrossFit specifically that hurts people. I think that it's people doing silly things and not understanding the purpose or the meaning and not really listening to their body, or maybe just not even knowing what the limit for their body is and then doing whatever it is that they do. Um, so again, uh, as I'm working with people, I'm regularly trying to get them to be able to do CrossFit and whether they do it or not, that's less important. But the point is that I want them that mobile and that functional that if they chose to, they could. Uh, and then certainly if they don't choose to, then whatever other things that they're going to do, they're able to do. Um, and so kind of to, to hit that point a little bit more, uh, why, why do I think functional fitness is good? Um, what are the qualities about it that are appealing to me? One personally, uh, but then two, as a, as a professional in the rehab industry in the and in the medical world what is what is good about functional fitness and again I'm talking not just about CrossFit I mean I'm ha- I have that in the back of my head but things like gymnastics things like yoga stuff I was talking about earlier or any other exercise program that has that idea of moving your body in a good normal healthy functional way um, and so I think the first good statement for functional type exercises is that your body was designed specifically for some certain movements. Um, I hope that people aren't out there doing movements that the body was not designed for. Uh, I hope that they're not 
lifting or moving some kind of a weight or bending or twisting in some kind of a way that their body isn't designed for. Obviously that's, I mean, that just seems silly. Um, I've seen people on machines and doing exercises at the gym that maybe at that particular device for their particular body type is poorly designed. Um, but I hope that people don't go out purposefully looking for a non-functional exercise. Um, and so it makes sense if, if the body is designed for movement, if it, if it has some specific movement patterns in the blueprint, then exercising in those patterns would strengthen the body, strengthen fitness that you'd get bigger gains. Um, and it would be more applicable to life and to, you know, just things that you do if you're exercising in that functional way. So for example, shoulders have huge mobility. They're designed to move. Um, the shoulder joint, uh, has a lot of freedom of movement. That's a, that's a PT term. Uh, it can move all over the place. And so it's designed to have that mobility. Uh, it's also designed with a lot of muscles involved in the stability part of that. It, it's, it's got a lot of things that help to control it, uh, that help it to move in a good pattern and to move the way that we want it to. Uh, and so if you're not using that shoulder in, uh, in the way that it's designed, well, then you might be missing out on making your shoulder as strong as it can be. Um, mostly those movements are say, uh, an overhead lift, um, or a bench press kind of a motion. Uh, and then the opposite of those two would be like a pull up kind of a motion or a row kind of a motion. Um, and if you don't do those kinds of motions or if they're not incorporated in the different exercises that you do, then you're missing out on what the shoulder can do. And again, because I'm familiar with CrossFit, because I'm in that world, there's all kinds of overhead movements and shoulder movements and pull-ups and push-ups and different, um, different shoulder-centric movements uh, that CrossFit does that I think is really, really good and beneficial and helpful uh, for the health of a shoulder. The other half of that is if your shoulder is really stiff and tight, like I was saying earlier, if you have a, a lack of mobility, if you can't move your shoulder, if you can't twist and turn, and if you don't have the normal mobility that your shoulder needs, then uh, doing some of these movements might put you at risk. But if you went to a gym and got underneath a bench press machine, or if you you know sat um, on a chair and lifted some some dumbbells over your head, or you know whatever the case is, that that same lack of mobility is there that same risk is there uh and so i guess long story short is make sure that your shoulders can move before you start lifting overhead um similarly for hips hips are designed for squatting hips are really really good at squatting and lifting um that's why they're there that's how they're made that's how the whole lower leg and and pelvis and low back are designed is is to lift a thing uh whether it's lifting your body or lifting your kid or lifting a rock or lifting dumbbells or lifting weights or whatever, the hips are designed to be explosive and to be able to propel either uh, your body or some other kind of a weight um, up off of the ground or, or to move that body in a powerful way. Uh, and if you don't get to do those things, if you miss out on squat motions or lift motions, then again, you're missing out on a functional bit of mobility. Um, the core is designed to basically con connect both of those things. If you're, if you don't have a strong core and you're carrying something, your shoulders might be strong enough to hold it. 
your hips might be strong enough to lift it, but they're not connected. And so now you have a weak point where all of that weight is sitting. And you know, that might be somewhere in your mid back or your low back. Um, and so I, I think that's why people think that the core is, you know, abs and back maybe. Um, but that core is designed to connect those things so that you lift, so that when you carry something, so that when you're being explosive, that the, the top of your body and the bottom of your body can connect with each other and communicate in a way that, that makes things that much more efficient. Um, it's surprising uh, when I'm working with people, uh, doing p- physical therapy on them, uh, a lot of times um, there's a shoulder pain or a hip pain or a foot pain or some, some kind of distant pain, you know, far out on the limb. Um, but the limb is reasonably healthy. The rim, limb is reasonably mobile and strong. And then you start digging deeper and the, the main problem is the trunk. It's the core. The abs aren't working well. The spine isn't moving well. The muscles that coordinate the control and the posture of those two things aren't working well. And so the wrist or the hand or the shoulder or the knees or the feet or something is just having to work that much extra to create stability or to create force or to control movement or whatever it is because the trunk isn't working, the core isn't working. Um, And so again, driving the same point home, things like CrossFit, things like gymnastics, things like yoga, things like Pilates, um, there's a strong component of making sure that the core, that the trunk uh, is interconnecting your shoulders and your hips and therefore your arms and your legs uh, to make sure that things are moving powerfully and moving well and working in a way that's the most healthy and the most safe. Uh, and then the last thing I'll put out here uh, is that the feet are very well designed for running and jumping. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that a lot of repetition for running maybe is an unhealthy thing. The other half of that is that there's a pretty good design uh, for distance running in the foot. Um, I'm no expert on distance running. I don't run regularly. Uh, maybe I should take a little bit of my own medicine uh, in this this thought process. Um, but the feet are well designed for running. Uh, the hips are well designed for running, um, especially when we're talking about like like on ground or on dirt rather than say on a hard concrete sidewalk or hard asphalt roadway. Uh, There's a lot of extra force that the body has to deal with. However, shoes can sometimes deal with that extra force. So point being, um, if you can't run, if you don't know how to run, or if you can't jump, like I mentioned earlier, then you're missing out on a pretty big component of, um, of fitness, of movement, of function, um, and you're going to start trying some bad patterns or at least some different patterns to accomplish what you're missing. If you can't jump up in the air, you're going to be doing a lot more climbing. If you can't uh, go for a run, then you're going to be doing a lot more walking or it's just going to take longer to get to where you're trying to go. Uh, Or you're going to miss out on a really easy uh, cardiovascular exercise. Um, So, Again, kind of to, to put a bow on that one, um, I, I am a proponent of functional fitness programs, whether that's CrossFit or gymnastics or, mother, or some other kind of uh, functional movement-based exercise approach um, because I think that it's healthy and because I think that the body is well-designed for it. And the last point, and uh, again, 
I'm a CrossFitter, and so I understand this from the CrossFit standpoint. I'm going to put some ideas uh, to, to kind of close us off today um, or finish this off today uh, about the way that CrossFit is scalable. So we've got a lot of these functional movements, and we'll just take, for example, the squat, right? Um, you've got your feet below you. You've got your knees. They're going to unlock and bend a little bit. Your hips are going to unlock and bend a lot. Um, your trunk hopefully stays relatively rigid. Your shoulders hopefully stay nice and strong and you squat down and maybe you're holding something on your back or maybe you're holding it kind of in the front of you up on your chest, or maybe you're just holding some dumbbells or, you know, whatever the, the squat motion is that you're doing. And that squat we've determined is a functional movement. It's a healthy movement. Um, it's almost a necessary movement. If you don't have a toilet, you kind of have to know how to squat, um, kids when they're babies um, squat all the time Uh, and you know I think that it would be ideal if most adults could squat uh, the way that a young child can squat uh, to prove that they have that that necessary bit of mobility in the CrossFit world uh, that squat turns into a thousand different exercises and the benefit that I see in CrossFit is that all of those squat movements are scalable. If I can't lift a heavy weight, I don't have to. Um, I can lift a lighter weight. Or if I can lift a weight and I want to lift more, then I'm, I can lift heavier if I want to. Um, if I can't squat as many times because you know maybe there's some fatigue in my muscles, maybe there's some patterns that aren't ideal and I create some wear and tear if I if I have too many repetitions or if I move too deep into that squat motion again, if I've got some lack uh, or deficit of mobility or coordination or control or whatever it is, uh, that squat is thoroughly scalable. Uh, my lifts in CrossFit are completely scalable. Push-ups are scalable. Pull-ups are scalable. Every movement um, that is functional and that we try to do in the CrossFit world there's always a way to scale that back down to some easier version or some less extreme version of these functional movements. And the benefit in that is that anybody can do it. Um, I have seen, um, maybe she'll listen to the podcast. I don't know. I won't say her name, but uh, there's a the CrossFit gym I started out with uh, is no longer operating. Uh, it's been, you know, sold and bought and then changed hands and et cetera, et cetera. But the point is when I first started doing CrossFit, there was a lady that I CrossFitted with, um, and she was early sixties, maybe mid sixties. Um, not very healthy, certainly not very athletically inclined. Uh, but for whatever reason, she had decided that she needed to turn something around. She needed to get stronger. She needed to get more mobile. And so she did. She started doing CrossFit, and over the course of about a year and a half, I watched her go from, um, you know, if we were doing a 400-meter run, and she would do a 100 or a 150-meter walk, and she'd, you know, try to try to go fast. Uh, if it was box jumps, then she would put a weight on the floor and step up onto that, that plate, um, you know, four or five inches, maybe however thick the, the weight was. I saw her go from that to uh, I watched her do her first box jump uh, that she had the first time she had jumped at all in probably 15 or 20 years. Um, She jumped 
and she was terrified, absolutely terrified. A person uh, who had never left the ground um, at all in the last 10 or 15 years lifted themselves up off the ground and jumped up onto, granted it wasn't a, a big 20-inch box, it was one of the shorter 12-inch boxes, but the point is she jumped. Um, and uh, just being able to see that progression, yeah, it took a while, but it worked. She started off being very scaled, very simple, very small, very controlled in the motions, but she had uh, a goal and there was a pathway that she could take to attain that goal, and she certainly did. Um, and so I like to give that story to clients that I'm working with uh, as kind of a proof that, you know what, if you, uh, if you stay with it, if you're consistent, if you're patient, uh, if you know what you're doing and you're being purposeful about it, you can, you can do a lot of stuff with the CrossFit paradigm. Uh, and again, it's because, in my opinion, it's because CrossFit is so scalable. Uh, and for sure, she started lifting heavier. She started jumping more regularly. She did get up to the 20-inch uh, box. She could step up to it and then jump down off of it. She wasn't comfortable jumping up to it yet by the, by the last time that I had seen her. Uh, she was able to do assisted pull-ups, and she was doing some of the Olympic lift movements uh, with, with light for me weight. Uh, obviously, it was medium or heavy for her, depending on the day. Uh, but she had gone from a place of being unhealthy, immobile, um, I would say unfit and unsafe, to a reasonably healthy reasonably fit kind of a person. Uh, and it was exciting to watch that transition. And then obviously you get to see that in, um, you know, maybe larger or smaller scale, depending on your CrossFit community. Uh, but again, uh, I think that CrossFit epitomizes this idea of the body should move and there are good, normal, healthy, functional patterns of movement. And if we can, in the first place, learn those patterns, uh, get good at those patterns, and then in the second place, start challenging those patterns with resistance or weight or intensity or you know some uh, some thing that makes those patterns more difficult. Uh, then we can absolutely get the the best out of our health and create the best effect for strengthening and stability and you know all the stuff that we look for, all the health benefits that we want to have in the long run. Um, so. This one, um, I think, is done. We've talked a little bit about CrossFit, why I think it's a good thing, why I think functional fitness is a good thing, um, and why it's a very big, important part of my thought process and my paradigm for when I'm working on people. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. hope maybe you learned a little bit. Uh, as always, if you have questions uh, that you'd like me to talk about, please um, feel free to send me an email. Um, my website has a little form. You can submit a question on the website, uh, and I'd be happy to go over any questions that you have. I really enjoy doing these. I'm glad I've gotten back into them. Sorry that it took me so long to get the last one out, um, but we'll see if we can't keep it uh, weekly, and um, I guess that's it. So, as always, uh, send me questions, livewellandmove at gmail.com or the website livewellandmove. I uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of your week, and we'll talk to you again.